0: Good morning, good morning, amen. Have you had breakfast this morning? (laughs) Okay, that means the sermon has to be short. (laughs) Amen. So this morning, uh, I want to share a word with you, and originally I titled it, Who is the church for? And I thought that was boring. And I I thought maybe I should make it redemption song. And I thought, ah, people will think about Bob Marley, you know, and if they think about Bob Marley, they will leave thinking about Bob Marley and not about Jesus, you know, <laughs> but truly, it is God's redemption song, amen. The, if you step into the book of Genesis, uh, Brother Matthew says, I'm, I'm always in Genesis, it's, it's an amazing book, I love it. I think everything else starts from there in scripture. And if you step into the book of Genesis, uh, there's god creating man bringing order to chaos empowering man and trusting man with with everything basically he gives man a planet and we betray him over an apple and but still he keeps on loving us and then when adam and eve are being driven out of the garden the bible says he 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 clothes them with 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 animal skin you know the first symbol of the shedding of blood you know for our sake and then you take one step further and then you see the first symbol of the church in Genesis chapter 10 sorry Genesis chapter 6 we see the first symbol of of the church and God redeeming the church we are the remnants of God we are the redeemed of God in Genesis chapter 6 from verse 17 to 21 we read I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird. Of every kind of animal and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive you are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them and verse 22 says "Noah did everything just as God had commanded him amen this is the first symbol of the church you know God asking Noah to design an ark and that ark becoming a place of refuge and safety for anything that will go in, for anybody who will step in. Amen. The question we tend, when when it comes to church and who is church for, because, I mean, if you look at church history and one of the things I love about the New Testament and what we call the New Testament church is the fact that we see the blueprint of how church should be. Throughout the 2000 years of church history, church has taken many shapes and many forms. And a lot of it, you look at it and you look at scripture and you're like, how did the church end up looking like that? This doesn't look like anything at all in scripture. And we find ourselves in a time when if you're not careful, you will think church is for decently dressed people well-educated people, uh, rich people. You think church, at least, is for good people. But that is not the case. When God commanded Noah to build the ark, the truth is that the ark was for anybody who was in. But before that time, the concept of a flood was strange to humanity. Nobody had ever experienced a flood. So Noah was the butt of many jokes and nobody stepped in. But we see this replicated when we step into the New Testament, into the early church. So Noah builds this ark and you notice that what is interesting is that God says every kind of animal should be allowed in there. Not just the doves, not just the eagles, not just the sheep, the goats are allowed in there. The crocodiles are allowed in there. The alligators are allowed in there. The, as the Ghanaians will say, the hippopotamus. <laughs> it's also allowed in there. I have a good friend, Ghanaian, who was dating an African-American girl, and she took him to the zoo. And he saw a hippo for the first time. And he looked at it and said, hey, look at the hippopotamus. And I was like, hippo what? <laughs> in her culture, it is pronounced differently. <laughs> But we step into Acts chapter 10, and in Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter had visited, he had gone to a place called Joppa, he was staying with this man called Simon, he was a tanner, and Simon was quite rich, he could host the missionary, so he was hosting Peter, and Peter was hungry, and since he was a guest, he couldn't dash into the kitchen himself, he could only pray that they cook quickly. And he thought, okay, instead of staying here and starving and being worried, I might as well just go to the upper room and pray. So Peter goes up to pray. And then he gets a vision. Peter gets a vision. And then this scroll, you know, a sheet. God opens a sheet. Basically, it's an encyclopedia of animals, you know, something kids love. You have everything in there. And God is kill and eat. And it's like, what? I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew for God's sake i don't eat these things and then god shows him again he says kill and eat and peter says nana even the ghanaians don't eat all these animals you know you may have to go to cameroon <laughs> you know but basically peter was offended at the idea that god would suggest that he should kill and these eat these animals and god tells him don't call on clean what i call clean amen God told Peter, three times he had that revelation. He was in a trance. He so said, three times God told him, Don't call unclean what I call clean. Amen. It is good to think that church is just for sheep, but not according to Scripture, not according to God. So let's read it so you know that it's actually in the Bible. Uh, Acts chapter 10, it's, it's quite a long story, you know, uh, but basically, in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says that there was an Italian, a Roman soldier called Cornelius. And this man was a devout, God-fearing man. And yet he wasn't a Christian yet. Sometimes the language of the Bible is offensive to our sensibilities as Christians. The man is a devout, God-fearing man. Who is not a Christian. you know but religion teaches us that you can only be devout god-fearing if you are a christian so an angel appears to cornelius and says god sees your giving to the poor god sees your passion and your dedication he knows that you fear him so he wants to teach you the way of salvation so send some people to joppa ask for the house of simon the tanner there's a man there called simon peter Invite him to your house. He will come and show you the way of salvation. Amen. And so God was preparing Simon Peter for this encounter. And that is why he was getting this trance, this vision that was repeated three times. And verse 44 of Acts chapter 10, Peter is in the house of Cornelius. And then it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. If it's your own Bible, underline the word all. The circumcised believers, Peter had taken six men with him, all Jews. The Bible says, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely, no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. We step into Acts chapter 11 and verse 19 we read, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Antioch is in Syria, spreading the word only among Jews. Remember the early converts were all Jews and they thought that, oh, listen, we have been waiting for the Messiah for thousands of years. The Messiah has come. This message is for Jews only. So even during the persecution when they scattered, they would go into these Gentile nations, but they were only looking for Jews and preaching the gospel to them. And then verse 20 says, some of them, however, who were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And this is what happened when they started telling, sharing the gospel with the Greeks, with the Gentiles. Verse 21 says, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 22, news of, these, of this, this whole thing about gospel being prayed to Gentiles, reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, that is Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, one of them named Agabus. Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened... During the reign of Claudius, 29, the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Amen. So the first time anybody was ever called a Christian was in Antioch in Syria. Today the church in Syria is pretty much, pretty much gone. You know, Syria is where Saul became born again. Syria is where we first got called Christians. Paul got born again on the way to Damascus. And then in Antioch, these people were called Christians. The original translation is the Christ once. Basically, for the first time in human history, in in a culture that was very polarized along tribal lines and national lines and, and gender lines and every other line man could invent, in Antioch, they saw this this group of people, this peculiar group of people who shouldn't be together by every social standard. Some were rich, some were poor. Uh, They were from different races, different ideologies, but what they all had in common, the common single factor was Christ. Amen. So they were identified as the Christ ones. Amen. But they were different people and different creatures. Some were antelopes, some were lions, some were zebras, some were cheetahs, some were snakes, some were lizards, some were doves, some were peacocks. But they were all allowed into this ark and they were called Christians. Amen. In 1834 a woman, a disabled woman called Charlotte Elliot. She really loved the Lord and her brother was a preacher and the brother was starting a church, a new church and as passionately as she loved the Lord she wanted to help in the physical you know, there were things to be done you know, decorations to be made there was so much to be done and everybody was so passionately involved but because of her disability Charlotte Elliot couldn't physically be involved and out of frustration this huge sense of uselessness came over her she felt utterly useless she loved the lord she wants to be useful but because she was physically disabled she felt that she was useless the good thing charlotte had though was that she had a personal encounter with jesus amen and she knew the word So basically, she did what David did in his moment of frustration. She encouraged herself in the Lord. And out of that frustration, a hymn was born. Amen. And that hymn is a hymn we all know. It says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee, whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee to find. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yea, thine alone. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Amen the church is for everybody the gates of this ark are open and they are open to everybody no matter what kind of creature they are it doesn't matter what their agenda is it doesn't matter what their nationality is it doesn't matter what their race is it doesn't matter what their natural sexuality is and that's a huge debate in church is we are all welcome into this ark and would have to think of the alternative would we rather have them drowning outside the ark when the gates are finally shut or, we, or would we rather have them in just as they are so that Christ can make them as he is Amen. the idea of a church that is open to everyone it's not so that we come in and live as we please but that if the spirit of God is truly moving in the church and the leadership of the church is truly committed to the study of the word and to prayer and to proper discipleship and fellowship everybody who steps in will encounter the true Christ who saves and in Christ's own way he will do his work in them remember it is only the Holy Spirit who convicts and convinces the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It is not our responsibility. He hasn't made us his signboards to go out there to preach hate. The least we can do is to keep the doors open. In the 80s, I had a neighbor called Kwame Victor Kwafu. Later on, he became a police officer. I have never seen him since i was a child i've never bumped into him anywhere probably have and couldn't make him out but i've never seen him in all these years at the time the charismatic movement in ghana had started and they used to go to a church in osu know, so-called grace outreach church and i was living with relatives i was poor i was young And would totally be useless in the church. I couldn't bring tithe or offering. I couldn't bless the pastor. With anything significant. In fact I probably was a liability. But he took me to church. And that day in the 80's. Right here in Osu. I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't fully understand what it meant. But I know that when they said. If you want to give your life to Jesus come forward. I stepped forward. Poor probably unwanted uh, liability, but I gave my life to Jesus and on that same day I received the gift of speaking in tongues. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't properly get anybody to disciple me, but somebody opened the door of the church to me when I couldn't be of any blessing to the church, when I didn't properly fit in and today here I stand. Beloved, this is our responsibility. To go out there and be light. To point everybody we meet to Jesus. The Bible says clearly, for God so loved the world. He didn't love only the people who look like us. He didn't love the rich and the powerful. He didn't hate the rich and the powerful. He loves everyone so much. So much that he died for us all. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you know a whosoever? A neighbor? A colleague? A friend? A relative? The meanest creature you probably ever met? This is where they belong. Do you know a drunk? A liar? A thief? A glutton? A gossip? Do you know a saint, a good person, the most pleasant person you ever met? They all belong here. Amen. I want us to bow down our heads in prayer. And maybe you are here, and you personally are not even so sure that you have a quality relationship with Jesus. Maybe you are here because you are invited, or you know you are not averse to going to church, but. It doesn't mean so much to you. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is here. And even more importantly, He would gladly have you as His child. He loves you. He says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. He doesn't care how you ended up in your mother's womb. Maybe you were the product of, of rape. Maybe you don't even your mother even can't tell who your, your dad is. Or maybe you, you were conceived after... A beautiful ceremony, marriage. Maybe your parents were in love. God doesn't care how you ended up in there. Yeah, church people do, but he doesn't. He says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I had ordained you. God had a plan for your life even before you were conceived. He knows you. I want us to spend some time in prayer. And rededicate your life to him if you've ever walked with him and today you are not so sure. But if you are here and you don't know him and you want to be prayed with, please don't hesitate to step forward. We'll pray with you. The Bible says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Nanakofi cannot give you rest. But Jesus can. The Holy Spirit can. And he is here. And this morning he invites you. If you are burdened, you are sick, you are disturbed. You are going through a situation and you would want us to pray with you. Please don't hesitate. Step forward and we'll pray with you. The God who knows you more than you know yourself is here and he's willing to bless you. Would encourage you to step forward and we'll pray with you. More more power more of you in my life more love more power more of you in my